The Oodcast What If Theatre presents What If the Doctor Had Chosen Another Game to Play the Cyber Planner At? If you fall into my trap, I'll have mate in three moves. I know the room and the murder weapon, and you still think it's Professor Plum. Forty love! I believe that's match point, although I am getting very tired. You have won second prize in a beauty contest. Okay, it's a film, a book, and a play. First word, two syllables. Look, I may need a mirror. Snap! Ludo! House! Yahtzee! LBW, surely. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. And now, onwards to King's Landing. Left foot blue. No, your left foot. Yours, not mine. Wait, how do we decide who wins this? Hello and welcome back to the Oodcast. This is series five. That's right, episode series five. eighteen. Um, on uh, what I think we officially call the week after a Neil Gaiman episode. I don't care what other parts of the year. Uh, I think we call it a squeak. A squeak. Yes, because yeah. we squee and it's a week. So it's <laughs> a squeak. squeak. Do we squeak? Yeah. Are we people that squeak? In very, I, very the, manly voices. I know that you are, and I for one certainly am. I do it a lot as well. Mm. Oh, right. I, d- I didn't. I did one of those... Um, cartoonish jump up and downs with my arms going down and my knees going up at the same time. <laughs> That's, That's more good. my kind of thing, Chris Alpha. <laughs> Though that could be mistaken for a tantrum. Oh, and not if I've got a smile on my face. <laughs> I punched the air and then froze and don't you forget about me started playing. <laughs> well, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we uh, let's introduce everyone around the table. Um, I I'm Chris Alpha. Hello. Uh, to my left is the lovely wife of the one to my right. Don't define me by my marriage. Do, say it the other way around as well. And to your right is... Uh, to the right is the lovely husband of the lady to my left. And at the other end of the table, across this sickening display of affectionate love, <laughs> is the still bechecked Andrew Candish. I'm wearing green check, green and blue check today. I've gone into a check shirt phase. I see. Yeah, it suits me. It makes me look sort of cheerful and checky. Yeah. Andy is going to check himself before he wrecks himself. He's got a checkered past. Check him out. I've been to the Czech Republic twice. Happy now. (laughs) Wow. We're on fire this evening. We say the word check in various contexts. (laughs) Check one, two. (laughs) So let's discuss Doctor Who. Yeah, why not? That's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah, that is um, our purpose. Um, I don't know. I'm happy to keep talking about checks. I saw the Star Trek film last night. Oh, me too. Well, not last night, a couple of nights ago. Excellent. I haven't seen it yet. Do you know what my big problem with it was? What's that, Laura? 
Now, I don't think there's any chance that Benedict Cumberbatch will be the next Doctor. Uh, I heard on the radio this morning that he got that part directly because J.J. Abrahams watched Sherlock. Hasn't Benedict Cumberbatch got the most fantastic voice? He does, yes. Even yes. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. That was, that was Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Dragonheart. <laughs> I am the villain in Star Trek. He's very sort of gravelly. Mm. He also does a very good Alan Rickman impersonation. Oh, he does. If you've not seen it, listeners, please go- Google. No, YouTube. Google, I suppose, would find it as well. Yes, yes. Well, Google own YouTube. That's yes, that's true. On the Jonathan Wash show. He's, <laughs> he's also incredibly good in the BBC Radio 4 sitcom Cabin Pressure, which he still does, despite making truckloads of money doing other stuff. Bless him. It's a very good part. Anyway, so Nightmare and Silver. What did we think? The Cybermites have been scanning your brain, Doctor. It's quite remarkable. Also completely useless to you. Cybermen use human parts. I'm not human. You can't convert non-humans. That was true a long time ago, but we've upgraded ourselves. Current cyber units use almost any living components. See? What's this? A demonstration, if you like, a showroom of your mistake. What do you mean? Take a look around. Webley's World of Wonders welcomes you to the Room of Rejects. Rejects? From what? Well, what do you think? Is that a pig? <laughs> it is, Doctor. It's a cyber pig. Revel in its robotic porkiness. And what's that? That, Doctor, is my favourite exhibit. Have a closer look. I don't mind if I do. Well, isn't it marvellous? I think that's appalling. That was a noble creature. And do you always need to find a name that rhymes with Cybermat? I suppose you've got cyber bats and cyber gnats somewhere too. Uh, Casey's 27 and 312, you'll find. Naming all those insect thingies Cybermites was a bit more tenuous. Anyway, how can you live with yourself? Oh, that's an easy one, Doctor. Case 19. Uh, 19? That would be over here, I suppose. It's easy because I don't have to live with myself. I live with my cyber self. Welcome to Webley's World of Wonders and Pain. Well, I was super, super vocal about it last week, about how excited I was about it. Um, I think the first thing to say is it's not the Doctor's wife. Um, The Doctor's wife is, I think fast becoming a modern classic and certainly my favourite episode of the Matt Smith era and possibly my favourite episode since Who Came Back For Me. Mm. Um, I don't think it quite gets up to that level, but I still enjoyed it immensely and it is, for my money, my favourite episode of this half season. It's interesting because didn't Neil Gaiman say in the interview in the last Doctor Who magazine that he was kind of... He feels slightly apologetic for how good the Doctor's Wife was because now everyone expects the next one to be that good. And it's not necessarily going to be because it's a different beast altogether. It's an entirely different beast. I mean, there's still some fairly Gaiman-esque parts of it. I mean, it is set in a decaying old theme (laughs) park. I mean, I don't think you can get much more Neil Gaiman-y than that, really. And there's also the sort of P.T. Barnum 
mm. kind of guy who's a very Gaiman-esque character. Um, mm. But it's Doctor Who, and I think mm. he's writing, he's serving the universe he's writing for in this one. And he's doing it by bringing back, you know, a, a an enemy and making them awesome again. Yes. I Hurrah. don't know if he might have been a bit hamstrung by having those two very annoying child actors sort of shoehorned in or whether yeah, he wanted that but he just turns them off doesn't he yes. and you go to sleep <laughs> no, no, no no that's quite enough of that because i do think that probably what made the doctor's wife stand out was the incredible performances from the supporting cast of mm. all of whom without exception were fantastic whereas this there were definitely a few hmm, danglers slow camels in the convoy i don't know it's in a different position though isn't it because this is the week this is the episode before the finale of the season yes so it needs setup whereas the doctor's wife was more like a nice service station on a motorway to somewhere exciting there's a really nice service station on the way to oxford <laughs> which is like center parks but um in a service station it's got like a moat with water lilies and stuff a well, bit like the castle. Yes, uh, that's good. Yeah, there we are, back hey. on track. Wow. wow. Nice try, Laura. We're still on Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the moat doesn't electrocute you when you get in there, though. Have you ever tried? Oh. I saw a man in there looking after some carp. Yeah. It doesn't electrocute you. <laughs> if there's carp in the moat, then it's, it's probably not a yeah. deadly moat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're just electric carp. Oh, that'd be a good name for a band. Cybercarp. Yeah, Cybercarp. That doesn't rhyme with Cybermat. So uh, you can't have that. I bet you that the Cyber Midges, or whatever else they were called, Mites. Cyber Mites. Wouldn't they make really good hair clips? <laughs> Well, if you've got two of them and magnetise them yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would. I think they look brilliant. I think you you do a wonderful line of jewellery and cyber mightage. I thought they were a fantastic idea and really well realised. And they look like tiny little prawns. They were blooming horrible. Oh, yeah. like silverfish. Mm. And the way that they change you by but, just crawling around you and building a cyberman within and around you. Now they've gone smaller rather than bigger. And it's much, much more effective. Mm. I think. It's insidious. Mm. Yeah, they're crawling yes. into your eyes. <gasps> maybe he's. Maybe that was a sort of an homage to Douglas Adams because I get the feeling that one of them could very easily crawl into your ear like uh-huh. a babelfish. Hmm? Yeah, but uh, a really bad babelfish. Instead of gifting you the ability to understand all languages, takes your personality away and makes you a killing machine. Well, how is that bad? You know, <laughs> why do you need to know all languages if you can just bash somebody into the floor repeatedly like a sort of a really, really squishy nail? <laughs> so I brought up the Cybermen. They have been reborn, restructured, mm. redesigned. What does everyone think? Great awesome. New, great new face masks. Yes, mm. they look they amazing. They really are chilling. I love the fact that they can now move very fast. I love that scene as well. Instead of being a really clumpy, clanky... Beautifully realised on yeah. screen. They, they, they kind of changed from a Cadillac to a Dodge Viper. They're stealth Cybermen. <laughs> Apparently they've designed the masks to fit um, the, uh, what you call it, the proportions of the human face. So mm. it is proportionally a representation of your generic human face, whereas the previous Art Deco ones were elongated. And they've deliberately designed them that way now. So actors to can be, see out No, well, yeah, <laughs> that. But also to make them more scary because right. a featureless human face is, is a chilling thing for humans yeah. to perceive. For listeners at home, Andy is pointing to various parts of his face as he yeah. illustrates the points. I did. It's like, isn't there a, a quote from a, a Japanese robotic robotics professor who talks about how the, the scariest thing is a, is a humanoid robot that is exactly like... It uh, moves exactly like a human, yeah. but is only slightly different. It's That's... called the Uncanny Valley. 
That's it. That's yes. it. Honey Valley. Yes, when you are just slightly off. So, mm. like in Japanese horror, they sometimes make the ghost walk backwards and then turn it around. So it's still mm. a human movement, but there's just something that's mm. not quite right about it. But I did like the way the Cyberman had cunningly removed its head and left it lounging around <laughs> to make it look as if it was just like, oh, I'm having a bit of a rest so you can creep up behind me and do your hand weapon thingy on the back of my head. Ha, fooled you. I thought that was brilliant, that squadron of soldiers. Yeah, they were all... <laughs> Here comes a killing machine. Throw a chair at it. It's almost like they've <laughs> yeah. seen your sketch. <laughs> they were sort of starship troopers meets the raggy dolls. Right. Defensive positions, everyone. <laughs> Mullins, what are you doing? Taking up my position, ma'am, on this. And what is that? It's a giant inflatable goose. Did your orders mention giant inflatable geese, Mullins? Well, no, but it did say to take the high ground. Uh, this is as high as I can get. Get down. Mom. <laughs> Try going upstairs. Mom. Where's Williamson? His orders were to find camouflage, Mom. We're in a novelty castle. Where on earth can you find camouflage here? The ball pool. Williamson! Get out of there now. Mom! Where are Kane, Phillips and Rogers? Went to have a go on the flume, Mom. And Andrews? In the gift shop. Were her orders to go there? Uh, no, she's been in there since we arrived, Mom, looking for one of those key rings with her name on. What about Gregson? Not seen him since we passed the hooker duck in the courtyard. Right, never mind. Have you still got the bomb, Williamson? I gave it to you, Mum, just before I went on the big wheel. I haven't got it. Must still be either on the wheel or in the haunted house. Mullins, check the big wheel. Williamson, the haunted house. Got that? Mum. <laughs> I loved him. I love the fella in the big specs. Oh, what, you mean the kind of Postman Pat's teenage yeah. love child? <laughs> and I also liked Cyber Matt. See, I've been trying to say that all evening. Oh, yeah. Cyber Matt. No, that yes. is true. I'm... So, reportedly, and I know that behind the scenes doesn't really affect anything, Matt Smith was less than happy to have to carry almost half the episode by talking to himself. But I think he pulled it off with some aplomb. He did, rather. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. Yes. Very he good. had many plums to do it. <laughs> and some lovely sequences inside the Doctor's mind with all that background going on. Kevin, there's a sense of space and hugeness and zip zap zip zap zip he, of, he did of kind of have most of a week off last week yeah, yeah. So, learning those lines probably <laughs> <laughs> apparently they double banked nightmare and silver with the finale so it must have been oh, really? pretty oh, hectic okay. maybe we can't really excuse it no but. i just loved that scene where clara's attempting to test uh the cyber controller by asking him if he fancies her and that horrible cloying, oh, you're so beautiful and so <laughs> clever and now I'm close to you. And it just like, and every fan is watching it thinking. Oh, and no, then that brilliant no. actual doctor response. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of bossy and your nose is yeah. weird or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And the look of relief on Clara's face when he says it. Yeah. 
I also, oh gosh, there's that wonderful sense of sort of like, is it going to be a, a brilliant siege where, you know, the plucky defenders launch some sort of Macaulay Culkin-esque defence of this fun castle place. But no, no, it's just really, really easy for the Cybermen to get inside. And then Clara picks up that huge spiky morning star slash mace thing. And I'm thinking... <gasps> You know, they keep focusing on it. The spiky thing. Is that going to be the weapon that saves them all? No, it's not. It's just (laughs) thrown aside as if it were not but a baby's rattle. And then it's actually the doctor drawing in all the processing power. I really like Mm. that idea Mm. of of the whole unit draining power to solve an improbable equation. I was just happy with the fact they weren't defeated by an emotion this time. Yes. Yeah. A mother's love, <laughs> a father's hope that his son will do well. I like the uh, gold ticket bit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Defeating the Cybermen <laughs> with Roald Dahl is excellent. <laughs> yes. We've been quite dismissive of the guest stars, but I think Warwick Davis deserves a mention because he was brilliant. He was. He, was, he brought a lot more, I don't know, warmth to that part than I was really expecting, considering his character. My favourite bit in any fantastical world is someone who plays it as if that's their natural environment. Mm. So just because it's a sci-fi world doesn't mean, oh, we have to get the flip wibble to (laughs) modulate the Thraric bar. You know, it's just like, then you're still a person, you're still... You still have a life and you react to things in a normal way. And I think he was very good at being very natural mm. and, and you needed him to be like that. Um, I think narratively, oh, maybe it had a few problems being compressed into 45 minutes. Uh, if you spend the entire episode going, the one thing we're not going to do is blow up the planet to then have. The <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of brilliant, I guess, in the end. But. You know, the whole thing was, we've got to find another way. And in the end, it was like, no, ah, let's get out of here and blow it up. But what an amazing thing for the Cybermen that now you have to blow up a planet to get rid mm-hmm. of them. You know, before you just used an emotion or some gold <laughs> or, or a catapult. Or some, yes. <laughs> I did like the big gun, the big cyber blaster gun. Because that, you know, was obviously a disintegrator gun. And I think that Cybermen should only be fallible to something so strong as that, like what Mm. they were in Earthshock. I also love the fact that they slowly upgraded. Mm. So at first they were disintegrated, then the head was blown off, then they just got a mark and kept coming. So they slow. it was like an iterative process. The others were upgrading every time they got new data. Which is, I mean, I really like that whole face circuitry thing i would wear that (laughs) to a party i'm sure you would (laughs) and you would look stunning my love thank you thank Uh, you uh, love yes i'd like to see you operate a flip wibble if the (laughs) other two were cybermen we would destroy them with our emotion yes we (laughs) would their little heads would explode and then stuff that looked a bit like an umbilical cord would come out their ears upgrading process I am learning to love. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way the Doctor says goodbye to Clara. I get the feeling that happens at the end of each episode. We said, okay, see you on Wednesday then. Yeah, see you Wednesday. Don't know which one, but see ya. It's like they have dates. Mm. It's rather sweet. It's a bit weird. But also that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't trust her enough to have her stay in the TARDIS and vice versa. She doesn't Mm, trust him enough. I get the impression it's her terms. Well. but, But... yeah, I think it is too. She doesn't want to be sort of a kept woman. But maybe it is both. I'm reminded of Captain Jack in Utopia 
the doctor if something doesn't make sense he's actually quite aggressive towards it or wants mm, to mm-hmm. shut it out so clara occupies that same theoretical space of a oh. paradox okay so they're both wary of each other mm. and in the prequel he says you're perfect for me almost too perfect yes um, there are bits of this episode that came frighteningly close to being heartbreaking because of a very peculiar quirk that I have, which I find any kind of rundown fairground or sideshow or people trying to scrape together a living through entertainment that's sort of half-assed, really, really upsettingly pathetic, but like in the most sympathetic of ways. So the the fairground barker accepting a sandwich as payment mm. for the little boy having a go at the game it was so sad it was sad wasn't it oh i could wish it had been two but it's better than nothing yeah, yeah. i find the same thing when pawns are taken in chess i think it's really <laughs> sad all they want to do is get to the other side of that yeah. board so i was quite heartbroken by the, the episode dog, for other other reasons don't mock me <laughs> and if anybody else wants to know where my strange emotional attachment to weird circuses comes from read the mouse and his child Who's that by? I don't know. And you too can have a weird Pavlovian reaction to circus folk. Meanwhile, on the planet of the Cybermen, wherever you think that is canonically. Hi, honey. I'm home from a full day of extending the relentless yoke of cyber oppression across the galaxy. How was your day? I have no opinions or feelings. That's right. I forgot. Sorry. No problem, darling. It looks like we've definitely got cyber mats. One got into the pantry, or the food's ruined. There's little cyber augmented poos everywhere. Oh well, at least we don't need to consume food, ever. Yes, that is super convenient, isn't it? It totally is. Right, time for a nice sit down on the sofa. Before you do that, could you get the suitcase down from the attic? We'll need it for our weekend away. Can't you do it? I've been on my feet all day. What do you think I do at home all day? Sit around? My work is mission critical to you now. Since when has an advanced knowledge of YouTube videos been mission critical? Look, just get the suitcase down. It's not a big deal. Upgrade in progress. I can no longer stand. I've upgraded my legs so they don't have feet. That's not really an upgrade. It is from where I'm sitting. You'll get that suitcase if I have to carry you up to the attic myself. Upgrade in progress. There. I've upgraded myself by integrating fully with the sofa. I am now a cyber sofa. My mission is to relax and perhaps watch some episodes of Broadchurch. You are being ridiculous. The lead detective has excellent gluteal musculature. That. The suitcase. Detaching one hand isn't going to be enough. Look, it can barely get up the stairs. Why do we need a suitcase anyway? What? Why do we need a suitcase? We don't wear clothes. I want to bring my best gun with me. We've all been upgraded. Your gun is built into your arm. Why do you need a suitcase? I just do, okay. Why do you always do this? I never get to have anything nice. Fine. I'll use our new super speed upgrade. There you go. One suitcase. 
happy now? I just think if you'd done that straight away, it would have saved a lot of hassle. I can't win with you, can I? Resistance is futile. Ha! Good one. So that was Nightmare in Silver. I'll go first to round up. My favourite author of all time is Neil Gaiman. My favourite television show of all time is Doctor Who. I was always going to love this episode, and I certainly did. Not the dyed-in-the-wall, fried-gold classic that the Doctor's wife was, but still hugely enjoyable, hugely inventive, and a wonderful addition to the canon. I liked it too. I liked its fantastical setting and its glorious smorgasbord of characters. Yeah, go for smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, and um, the fact that I even got a uh, raid on a castle in there with a moat. What's not to like? I think it was a bit like a really clever puppy that is so cute and you want to keep playing with forever. But then you're a little bit worried that it might bite you. And you know that somewhere it's probably pooed on your carpet and you're not sure that you like that very much. But still, it's a really cute and clever puppy. I, I'm I'm incredibly pleased the Cybermen were brought back and were actually frightening this time. And they look effective and they move effectively. And yes, they're very good. Um, here is the haiku then for Nightmare in Silver. Tin pot chess puppet goes rogue looking for spare parts. Upgrades won't save them. Well now, it's time for the Udcast to finish off with a lovely round of goodbyeing. So first it'll be me who says that. Toodlepip. Goodbye. Goodbye. Also, goodbye.
Save you. 